Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. We're living in confusing times, but God is a God of peace, not chaos. The Holy Spirit brings us understanding, and today, Pastor J.D. reminds us how close we are to the Holy Spirit being removed from this world. If you think you live in confusing times now, just wait and see what happens without the restrainer holding back evil. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on December 4th, 2022. I want to talk with you today about what's known as the domino effect, specifically concerning prophecy in the Bible. This because everything, and I mean everything, that we're now seeing take place in the world today is setting up and lining up the proverbial dominoes prophetically. Um, Before we get into this, I just want to quickly mention that we provided links to the previous updates that are going to be specific to what we're covering today. That'll be on the website. I'll start with the definition of the domino effect, as it will be germane to our understanding of this analogy related to Bible prophecy. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines the domino effect as a cumulative effect produced when, listen, one event initiates a succession of similar events. It's also commonly referred to as the ripple effect. However, I chose the domino effect for several reasons, chief of which is that for the dominoes to go down, they must first be set up. And once they're meticulously and perfectly set up, it only takes the pushing of just one domino for all of them then to go down. Dare I say that this is exactly what is now happening and even now at the ready. So much so that it's now just a matter of time before that one event, that one domino, initiates the succession of all the events that are being prophetically set up and perfectly lined up. Like with the domino effect, 
all the dominoes will go down, and when, not if, when they do, it will be swift in its succession. Now, this begs the question of what is that one event, or main event, if you prefer, that starts this succession? Answer, the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. And if you'll kindly hear me out, I'll explain why it is and how it is that we can know this. I would first like to thank all of those who took the time to comment on last week's update, why we're not in the tribulation yet. I was greatly encouraged by the response and am hoping that today's update will be of great encouragement to you, especially those of you who are really dealing with this and struggling with all of this. I spent quite a bit of time this week in prayer, inquiring of the Lord, seeking the Lord, asking the Lord for today's update specifically. And what I'm hoping to do is sort through this and as such settle this, but not only settle this, but have this be an encouragement to you. I'll begin with one comment we received, which also has along with it a very good question in this regard. It comes from Nancy in Salt Lake City, Utah, who writes, Dear Pastor J.D., I'm writing in response to the update, why we're not in the tribulation yet. I am a firm believer in the pre-trib position, but here's my question. How far into the, when you see these things begin to happen, do we need to get? <laughs> We've been seeing these things for quite a while now. True that. Is that scripture in context of the times in which we see the convergence of all these things, or is it in the context of the Jewish people who will need encouragement toward the end of the tribulation? If the rapture isn't soon, we will be living in the tribulation, which we know is not for the church. Knowing our God, though, He will pull us out at the very last second not willing that any should perish. Well, I wanted to share this particular comment because she hits the proverbial nail on the head, if I can say it like that, concerning the rapture, specifically knowing that we can't be in the tribulation yet because the rapture of the church hasn't happened yet. Also, she rightly knows the rapture is the event that starts the succession, which brings up this often asked pre-rapture question, as I'll refer to it. What's the often asked pre-rapture question? Well, it's essentially this. How many of the tribulation events are we going to see prior to the rapture? You ready for the answer? All of them. Let me try that again. <laughs> How many of the all of these things that we begin to see come to pass, are we going to see begin to come to pass? All of them. 
How many of the prophecies that find their ultimate fulfillment in the seven-year tribulation will we see prior to the seven-year tribulation? All of them. Okay, let me try this then. (laughs) All the prophecies that are ultimately fulfilled in the tribulation have to be set up prior to the tribulation, right? As for her question of whether this is for us or the Jews, the short answer is both. And this for essentially the same reason. Enter Luke 21:28, which is the verse she refers to where Jesus says, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads. And here's why, because your redemption is drawing near. I want to draw your attention to two words, the first of which is the word begin, and the second, which is the word near. To understand this, let's use the illustration of a parade. The participants are beginning to line up and take their places in this parade. The church, which is at the beginning of this parade, will see the start of the participants lining up and getting ready, and Israel, who is at this parade, will see the progression of the parade through to the end. It's the same parade, and we are now seeing everything beginning to take place as it's being set up and lined up, about to start up. Then, once everything in this prophetic parade is perfectly positioned and lined up, the rapture starts the parade procession in succession. I'll march this illustration one step further, pun intended. (laughs) See, I was actually in a marching band when I was in high school. Enough of my problems. I played the tuba and the big drum. So uh, I'm having a flashback right now, but I'll be back with you. (laughs) But you had to be in step. But before you could be in step, you had to be set up. And all of the participants in the parade had to be lined up. And we had to march in order. And so in this setup, you had your place, and you had to march in concert with, in tandem with, everyone else in the band, in that parade. So why do I mention it like that? Because everything has to be in perfect order. Everything has to be perfectly, again, meticulously lined up. And that's what Bible prophecy is. And that's what Bible prophecy is doing. There's this divine order in terms of the succession of prophetic events in God's prophetic parade. And thankfully, we need look no further than to the Scriptures, which provide us with the specificity as it relates to the order and the timing of these events. God is a God of order. Everything is perfect. Why? Because God is perfect. 
everything is perfectly positioned, perfectly positioned. Let's start with the prophecy in 2 Thessalonians 2. We talk about this quite a bit, but specifically in verse 1, because the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit says, and speaks to and about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's the second coming, and our assembling unto Him. That's the rapture. Do you see the distinction here? The second coming of our Lord and the rapture when we're assembled up to the Lord. Then in verse 2, now notice the order. Paul, this is interesting, he he actually settles them down because they were all shaken up by a forged letter, it seems, bearing the Apostle Paul's name that stated they were already in the tribulation. Nothing new under the sun. Fast forward 2,000 years, and to bring it into modern day terms, it would be akin to somebody with a a fraudulent impersonation of the Apostle Paul YouTube channel. By the way, we get that a lot. Please know that if there's no check next to, it's not us. And please be discerning. Shrewd as serpents, harmless as doves. There's a lot of, man, we deal with that quite frequently, sadly. But fraudulent accounts, impersonating for the purpose of deceiving. And actually it's to try to get money from people. And that's another way you know it's not us. We never ask for money. We never even talk about money. The only time we talk about money is when we're in a place in Scripture where the Bible talks about money. And even then I'm very careful and prayerful when it comes to money for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons. So here's this uh, fake YouTube channel, the Apostle Paul YouTube channel. And apparently they watched this video thinking it was Paul, and the video says, you're, you're already in the tribulation. That's messing them up, shaking them up, and Paul's got to settle them down. First of all, that wasn't me. We've already reported it. Hopefully they'll terminate it, but that was not my YouTube channel, and we're not in the tribulation yet. Don't you remember when I was with you? Now, watch what happens in verse 3. This is key. Again, notice the order. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, writes that the seven-year tribulation cannot go down until the church is first taken up in the departure, which is the rapture. Let me hasten to say that this means the events of the seven-year tribulation have to, at this time, already be set up in order for them to go down, which can't happen until after we're taken up. I know I'm repeating myself, but I don't know if it's possible to say this enough. This is the order. Everything has to line up perfectly, and then it goes down in succession perfectly and in order. Now, after the church is taken up, and this is huge by the way, the restrainer, Holy Spirit, is taken out, not up. 
Don't uh, get twisted up on this one, okay? Because this is a, a grave error to do so. Now, the church of Jesus Christ is taken up, raptured up, assembled up unto Him. And Jesus takes us as His bride to that bridal chamber He said He was going to prepare as a place for us, that where He is, there we would be also. And if it were not true, He would not have told us. So we're taken up, and we're out of here, man. (laughs) Oh, Lord, come quickly. So now that the church is taken up, the Holy Spirit, who heretofore has been restraining evil, holding back everything, oh, the restraining of evil and the sustaining of the righteous. But the restrainer, the Holy Spirit, is not going to be taken up, is going to be just kind of taken out of the way. God, I'm not in your way anymore. Well, Once the restrainer is taken out, the church is taken up, then the Antichrist comes on the scene. Notice again the progression of the event. So he exalts himself against all that is called God, sitting as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Then When you get to verses 7 and 8, Paul emphasizes the following, saying, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. It's already at work. Only He, which again, now the Holy Spirit, the Restrainer, now withholdeth, shall let till He be taken out of the way. And I want you to listen to these two words very carefully. And then shall that wicked man be Revealed. Do you see the order? Now, why do I bring this up and point this out? Because, again, I'm repeating myself, but hear me out. We're all prone to err greatly in our understating and even dismissing of the intensity of this. Let me explain. The world will drastically and dramatically change once the church is taken up, and the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way. Perhaps better said, absent the church and the Holy Spirit that's out of the way, and present the Antichrist, it will be very clear that the tribulation has started. I am very careful when it comes to the commonly held view and interpretation that the first three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation are going to be all of this peace and prosperity. I don't, I can't get there. I can't get there. And I think that 
I think we're taking it too far to divide the seven-year tribulation into two, because the last three and a half years, as some refer to it, is the great tribulation. Oh, the last three and a half years, for sure. There is a dividing line there for sure, but it should never come at the expense of what happens at the beginning, because what happens at the beginning are the lying signs and wonders. Lawlessness, evil, the restrainers out of the way, unchecked evil. Ah, getting ahead of myself. I've got to calm down, actually. By the way, this is probably as good of a time as any to speak to the issue of why should we be concerned with the Antichrist and tribulation if we're taken up by Jesus Christ before the tribulation, at the risk of an oversimplification. It's that we're already seeing what happens in the tribulation, before the tribulation, which means we have to be oh so close to the tribulation. And again, this should be a source of great encouragement, not just for us, but even from us, as the Apostle Paul writing in his first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 17, when he describes the order of the dead in Christ rising first. You see the order? Those who died in Christ, this is the resurrection. They're going to get their glorified bodies to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. They're going to get their glorified bodies first. They're going to rise first. And then, and then, we who are alive and remain will be caught up. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52, Paul describes it as a mystery, and how we're going to put off corruptible. That means we're going to put off, it's like a metamorphosis in the original language. We, there's a metamorphosis where we put off our old bodies, that alone, that alone. We put on our glorified bodies in the twinkling of an eye, and then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the Lord. That means all of the loved ones that went to be with the Lord, you're going to see them again, but more importantly, you're going to see Jesus and be with Jesus forever and ever in your glorified body. And that's the order of it. So this should be of great encouragement, and that's what Paul says. When he says, the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up. And he goes on, it's all about the rapture, and he's trying to encourage them, because they were very discouraged, very discouraged. And he says, therefore, and therefore is always therefore a reason. (laughs) That's another, that's probably my most profound point in the whole update. So, uh, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Oh, that encourages me. That encourages me. Now, 2 Thessalonians comports with Daniel 9.27, another prophecy we talk about often. And this is a prophecy about the Antichrist enforcing a seven-year covenant with many. The specificity of this particular prophecy is such that this is what starts the seven-year tribulation. 
Once the seven-year tribulation starts, the seven-year peace agreement is enforced, and the third temple is rebuilt, the Antichrist in the middle of the seven-year tribulation will put an end to sacrifice and offering, and at the temple he will set up an abomination that causes desolation. Do you see the order? We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing. And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth.